Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore, and very much by definition, your Saturday is happier than it would have been had you not been listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. Right, Dan? I agree 100%. Yeah, at least at the beginning. We'll see how everybody <laughs> feels by the end. But I'm sure by the end, you're going to be even happier. Not because it's the end. Oh, okay. want to clarify. <laughs> I was going to say. But because you've been filled with so much great information and fun right. dialogue along the way, right? Oh, absolutely, It's yes. what we do. It's what we're known for. It's our spiritual gift. <laughs> Anyway, we've got a lot of stuff we want to cover, and we're going to jump right in. We're going to be talking at the end about hardwood floors, refinishing them, and a number of things along that line. I've got an old segment that we're going to air. It's not an old segment. It's something that I recorded with Haley before she went on maternity leave. It just never found an opportunity to air. No, we saved it. For that one week when we just didn't have the energy to make the rest of the show. (laughs) And since that week's never going to occur, I thought let's just use it this week. So we've got that coming up. But right now we want to do a little house cleaning, housekeeping, I guess you'd call it. Uh, A few weeks ago, Dan, you made some pretty bold extreme, some might say, claims, and uh-huh. uh, gave a big thumbs up for a certain garden hose. It was a hybrid polymer garden hose. We oh, talked right. it up. Yeah. Turns out Dan had not um, ha- did not own one at that point. Right. And we used we, one. Yes. We clarified that in the segment, and at the end of the segment, we promised that once you get one, you're going to give us you know, a, a follow-up yeah. Yeah. Uh, review, I guess we'd say. Now- you're using this garden hose because you had to create um, basically an Eden of sorts at your home <laughs> from a barren wasteland of a yard and yes. turn it into grass for a graduation open house. Right. That just happened. And you did this all in the midst of the drought that we've all yeah. lived through. It was a challenge. So garden hoses all over the place. Right. This hybrid polymer turns out won't 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 was not exactly what is out. Not exactly. Yeah. So we want to clarify all of that. Let's just start, Dan. You went through a ton of different hoses, and you do have some recommendations now based on yeah. firm experience. Right. You had two different uses that you're really making, uh, putting these hoses to. There's sprinkler use, and then there's hand watering use. Right. And you're not using the same hoses for each of these. No, I tried. I did some of that and not successfully, Okay, I would say. So what was, where do you want to go with this? The hybrid polymer hose that you loved so much in the beginning, why did you not, I guess let's clarify that. Why did you not like that in the end, or at least not as much as others? Well, one reason was because it was an obnoxious color. <laughs> it was kind of like a neon yellowy green, green yeah. right? Yeah, ugly. In yeah. fact, there was a lot of hoses out there that are just pink. Why? Why? Why are they so ugly? Well, you want to see them when you're mowing that grass that doesn't exist, right? (laughs) Or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you want to prevent somebody from stealing it so you get a pink hose. (laughs) Or to me, it just lets people know where they are. You know, if they want to grab the expensive hoses, they're all over the yard in crazy colors. Yeah, right. So, yeah, you didn't like that at all. Right. So one of the things I found out, and I kind of knew it, but it was reinforced when I actually got to work with these things. A lot of the hand-watering hoses, the really flexible ones that are easy to maneuver and stuff like that, they don't, they're do not they not as large in diameter, so they don't carry as much water, and so they don't really work for a sprinkler. So that was this hybrid polymer yeah, problem. Yeah, right, right. Because you wanted to try it as your sprinkler hose. It didn't work for that. didn't work for that. Yeah. What worked for just regular sprinkling? The good old-fashioned vinyl or rubber hose. And the larger the diameter, the bigger. Five-eighths minimum or three-quarters of an inch, you know, carries a lot of water 
nothing fancy. So you're still fighting it. It wants to kink and curl and stuff like that. But you're not moving those all around the yard every day. You know, they're, you're not using those the same way you are a hand-watering one. So if that's your main use, you can save yourself probably some pretty decent money. Oh, yeah. The, the standard old-fashioned hose is half the price, maybe. All right. So now handheld watering. What did you find that just excelled above everything else? The thing that I like, well, so first of all, you know, they all say, oh, kink resistant, kink, kink resistant, yep. not kink proof. Right. Because they all still do. And so kind of my litmus test was how quickly or how easily can they be unkinked. unkinked. Yeah. Yep. And the one that I really liked, and I don't think there's a type or a name or a style that they go by, woven, the outside of it looks like fabric. Now, it's not the same as those ones that shrink down and swell up, you know, when they when you turn the water on. Mm-hmm. This stays the same length. It doesn't get smaller or larger, but it does get really floppy when it runs out of water. All right. Uh, you know, so it makes it easier to coil? Oh, yeah. Tremendously easy to coil. And then if you do get a kink in it, it's you just shake the hose and the kink will pop right out, even if it's ten feet away from you, twenty feet away from you. Okay, so, so how long are the, you can get them in whatever length? Yeah, I got a twenty-five footer and I got a fifty footer for two different areas. All right, of my and you yard. don't have a name brand for us. You just no, there's have... two different name brands that I use. I bought one of each. Okay. one was called Orbit and one was called Zero G. And Both gray fabric-looking outside. Both are good. Yeah. Thumbs up good. on both. And the other thing that both of them had that I really liked, and a few other hoses that I had too, big fat ends on them that you can turn on by hand without having to get a wrench or a pliers or something like that. You know, they have these big chunky fittings on the end. I absolutely love it when big, fat, chunky is positive. <laughs> you know, that makes me feel right. great. Yes. You know? And how about floppy? Like <laughs> yeah. that too? I, I'm kind of droopy and all of that. Anyway, we'll put links in the show notes for all of those things so you can check out those hoses. The hoses Dan likes, Dan approved, Dan thumbs <laughs> for up. For real this time. Yeah, for real this time. <laughs> all right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be airing that segment that I recorded with Haley about kids' rooms. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And right now, we're going to play a segment that we recorded right before Haley left to go have her baby. Now, we talked about this already. We kind of updated you. Haley had her baby way back around Mother's Day, and she is living the life right now at home. She's on maternity leave until end of August, maybe first week in September. I can't even remember anymore. But she's doing really well. Baby's great. Mom's great. Dad's great. But right now, getting back to the whole point, we're going to play a segment that we recorded just before Haley left to have her baby. And Haley, let's just talk. Let's just have a conversation. We don't really have... Yeah. I don't even know that we've got a target (laughs) that we're shooting for. I don't know that I've got an answer. I don't even know if I've got a question, to be honest. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) So what I want to talk about are kids' rooms. We've kind of had some conversations off mic, you and I, and I think there's something here, and I'd really like to just talk about it and see what happens. And kids' rooms. You were talking about your husband, and he, Jordan, had a room when he was growing up that was pretty crazy. Because I think all of this came about when you were asking the president of the company, of Repcolite. Yes, Dan Altina. He kind of went around and let all of us ask him just random questions, yes. whatever we wanted to ask him. And then he videotaped the results and internally that was shared, you know, for all the company. Right. To just like as enjoy. a way to get to know him. It was really fun. And your question to him, let's was, just start with that. What did his childhood bedroom look like? Like what? 
because he, you know, he's from a family that has been in the paint industry this entire time. So did they let him pick his own paint color? You know, what did that look like? Did he change it often, I wondered? That was a suck-up question, just so you know. (laughs) It was a brilliant question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He left that thinking, Haley is really invested in paint. She's going to get a raise. It didn't make it into the video. That's true. It didn't make the final cut. So, Maybe they could see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what did he come up with? Did, did he, he have full control of his room? <laughs> uh, giggled at the question. You know, he like kind of chuckled. In a manly way, yeah, right? Not, it wasn't a high-pitched giggle. <laughs> He's got a very deep voice. <laughs> okay. That's important to me for some reason, and I'm not sure why. But... Uh, he knew that his answer was going to sound ridiculous because the, his childhood bedroom was absolutely insane looking. His parents would let them pick whatever color or wallpaper they wanted for their rooms. Okay, whatever you want. And he lived in the same house for most of his childhood, so it was just kind of that one time that they did it, and that's what it was. And he had picked this like black and white geometric pattern that... I mean, it would almost look like an optical illusion, he described it as. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be fun to spend a fair amount of time in. And it was a really small room, he said. So it was really high contrast, a ton of pattern, and a really small space. And I think he even said it was shiny. Oh, wow. And it was just crazy looking. And so... (laughs) Who was that illustrator? M.C. Escher? Yes. Yeah. It would be like an M.C. Escher bedroom. All right. So, yeah. yeah. Am I going up the steps or down? I can't quite tell. Because the chaos is gone. So that was his childhood that was room. His Did he childhood like that? Bedroom. Or didn't he really get into that? He didn't get into that so much, but I have a feeling, you know, little kids think that something is going to look one way. And as adults, we know it's going to be crazy. We suspect. <laughs> yeah. and normally, normally we're pretty right on we're that. We're pretty right. And I think it's cool to let kids pick things. But at the same time, like, I wonder how restful that space really was for him. Like, sure. Does that start to impact you a little bit? Because we talk about the psychology of color on the show, you know, pretty often if we're talking right. about Right. And I always think it's it, it has this woo-woo, touchy-feely kind <laughs> yeah. of a feel to it. And I know that that's how we can react to it, but right. it really is real. You yeah. know, there there is well, there are impact that, that color has agitate on us. us, right? You talk about your sister's car. Doesn't she have like some? My mom did. Okay. And yes, now it is my sister's car. It's a little green Hyundai or something, uh-huh. but it's this funky green. And my daughter Maddie used that car when, of course, she had to get a, her car was in for repairs. Yeah. And so Maddie's been driving to Grand Valley or wherever she goes in her normal car mm-hmm. for years. Totally fine. She borrows grandma's car for three days <laughs> and she says, I got honked at nonstop. People were annoyed with her See? for different things. And she's completely convinced. It's the color. It's the color of the car is somehow triggering yes, or whatever it agitates that means. people. Right? They, maybe they just don't like it and they're more critical of uh-huh. what you're doing. But anyway, it was not a good color for Maddie. <laughs> So it does seem to play out, and we know that plays out in certain things. Certain yeah. colors are more calming. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something to it, Absolutely. and I think that that definitely plays in. You know, especially a small space like that with the crazy paper. You know, you talked about your husband. Yeah, my what husband. What was his room like? This is funny too. <laughs> oh my gosh! And he actually, he really does think that this had a big impact on him. He thinks he's scarred from. Yes, exactly. <laughs> His parents asked him when he was little, you know, what do you, they're going to paint, what do you want your bedroom to look like? And 
I don't think he <laughs> communicated his idea well because he was a child. So he said, I want it to look like the sun. And what that meant to him was I just want it to be really warm. Mm-hmm. That's what he wanted. Okay. A warm bedroom. You but know, he and got... That could mean like a very soft yellow that's buttery and calming and, you know, cozy feeling. That doesn't sound like the kind of color that would scar you. So right. I'm assuming that's not where things not went. Not what he got. <laughs> he got the brightest possible yellow they could find because to his parents, that was the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And... and so imagine being in a room and it's the brightest possible yellow you can imagine and then live in that space. How agitated you would be. Did he have feelings of that or yeah. he looks back and just thinks no, it now? No, he thinks that this has scarred him. <laughs> He's been traumatized by living in that color for so long All right. as a child. So letting the kids choose, <laughs> maybe that's not always the best plan forward. Now, I think about my bedroom growing up, you know, and I can also come up with a bedroom that I picture. And I had cowboy wallpaper. I remember that. It was on one wall. Mm-hmm. I, rem- I can't remember exactly what the design was because, I mean, we're, we're going back 40 some years sure. here. But I remember a saddle and I remember a little rifle and I remember the stories yeah, that totally. my brain would create. Yes. Loved that paper. I still think about that paper. And what a huge impact. Absolutely. I, I, impact. I don't know how it's played out in the the you know, the scope of my life. I can't well, say it's I mean, impacted me in that regard. you created a cowboy game, right? I, I love cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think part of that's just wanting to be a real man someday. <laughs> but anyway. I'm a real no, boy. I, I just have loved that. And, and the fact that I had that room, I loved that paper. I had a tiny little room. Didn't matter to me. I loved that paper. It was yeah. so fun and intriguing. I love the, the fact that, you know, my experience, thinking back on my room is really, really positive. Right. Jordan's, your husband's, really negative. Really negative. Dan's, he's still trying to remember it all because yes. it was so chaotic. <laughs> I think about my kids. What are they going to have? Because that's what got this whole conversation yeah. going and, and really got me thinking about it because my kids have had a number of different bedrooms through a couple of different houses. Sure. And I can't think of any of those rooms. None of those rooms were anything that they had any input in at all. It was all built around me. It was all built around colors that I liked yeah. if I painted it. And honestly, a lot of it was around convenience. Well, sure. I the mean, wallpaper it takes a lot of time. Already money. pretty nice here when mm-hmm. we moved in. I'm going to put up a new border and let's call it good. You're a baby. You don't care. Sure. And that's what they lived with. Now we get to the newer house and their bedrooms are exactly what they were for when the previous people. And yes, that's very nice for me. But it's not terribly great for them. And I think about, okay, there's a lot of people that we see in the store. It, it's kind of a mix. When yeah, we see people who right. let the kids do the choosing yep, exactly. and let things go where they're going to go and chaos sometimes ensues. Yes. And then there's the other group that kind of strong arms it, kind of like yep. I'm doing, whether they're, well, if they're doing it, what I'm doing, they're no, not in the store. They're just me. living on their own. But yeah. if they do come in, they've got their own color scheme. Exactly. They want this room to blend with the rest of the house. They right. don't want it to be a kid's room in that regard. You know, it's just going to be nice and controlled and they'll yeah. like it. There's got to be a great middle ground. I would think. Where you bring the kids in <laughs> and let them feel like this is their space. Because I really think that's important. When I look back on what I had, you mm-hmm. know, with the little cowboy room and all of those things. It was part of your identity. 
I think it, it still it, is. It still is. Yeah. I'm wearing a cowboy hat right now. He's not. Because, no, I'm not. I have one at home. Please I don't do I that. don't dare wear it outside of the home because <laughs> it's too big for my head. Anyway, it was really important to me. Yeah. It was my way of kind of demonstrating who I am, the thoughts I think. Right. And it helped me take those thoughts to other levels. Like I said, all kinds of stories that I imagine. Absolutely. And I've deprived my kids of that. Well, well done, Dan. Thank you. you know? <laughs> and I think we can err in that regard. We've got to find that middle ground. And I yeah. think kids, you know, I, I've, I've talked about this on our little one minutes that we air all over the place every day. We've got little one minute blurbs that air on the radio. And over the years, I've talked about having kids help you yes. with the decorating when it comes to their rooms. And I get a lot of comments, you know, from people who are saying that's pie in the sky thinking kids aren't going to compromise and work with me. Well, I've got five kids and I haven't done a lot with them in that regard, but I we can make compromises sure. in other regards. Kids are very reasonable to some extent. You yeah, can work I think with you them. You can work with them. And I think it's really worth doing because when they feel I don't have the experience of letting them help me choose colors in rooms. We just haven't gone that way. Yeah. But in other things, when they're invested. Well, yeah. They treat everything with a little more respect. They like it a little better. They're more invested in it. It's like if someone gets to help pick out what you're having for dinner, now they want to eat it all of a sudden. You know, when they have no input, they can very easily say, no, I'm not eating that. But if they help prepare the meal, all of a sudden you've got a picky eater that's helping cook the meal and now they're eating the food. I think it's the same thing with a bedroom. You know, they're going to care about that space a little bit more. Maybe they're more apt to clean their bedroom if they really love what's been created for them and they've had some input. And that's where people come back and say it's crazy talk, but I really don't think it is. I think that that can be. Yeah, I think it's just down to having a conversation. You know, if they would have asked my husband what he meant by, what do you mean when you say you want your room to look like the sun? (laughs) They could have gotten to the core of that idea a little bit more. And I think that's the other side of things because I think the tendency is, okay, let them help. I'll just let them choose. Yeah. No, that's not always great either and that's not going to lead to great experience if they're talking about being scarred by the room (laughs) that wasn't a success either having the conversations using your input using your ideas checking out wallpaper with the kids Mm -hmm. can help them get to spaces that they'll enjoy that you'll love and that's where it's really that's the butter zone right there. that's the butter zone. it looks great in your house and and yet they love it it's possible and i think it's important yeah anyway I thought that was worth talking about. Was it worth talking about? I think so. Okay, we did it. We'll air it. You guys get to enjoy it. All right, we're (laughs) going to take a break. Our West Side listeners, you're going to get news and weather at the bottom of the hour. East Side listeners, you're going to get a Repco Light Rewind. And when we all get back together, we're going to start talking about hardwood floors and refinishing them. That's all just ahead. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And we want to talk about hardwood floors. Okay. We're going to talk about... You're so obedient, Dan. I know. I just, just I'm so up about ready. Let's go. Whatever I say. Let's talk about dog grooming. Okay. All right. Dan's in. Anyway, <laughs> hardwood floors. But before we get into the whole meat of refinishing hardwood floors and what you need to do, the products and the steps, we really need to take a step back and kind of lay some groundwork and help people assess whether they've got hardwood floors or not. You know, right. you need to what determine if what you've got is something that can be refinished or not. Now, sometimes 
we've got wood floors or wood look floors. Let's say that, you know, right. we move into a house. We're not sure what's there. And, you know, we've all talked to people or we've been those people where we've told others, oh, yeah, I've got hardwood flooring in the kitchen. And then somebody <laughs> comes over and says, that's vinyl. That's nice it's laminate like, flooring yeah, you have yeah, there. You don't have hardwood flooring. Sometimes we just don't know. You know, if you work with these kinds of materials and or you've done, you know, things in the past with them, a lot of the times you can figure it out very, very easily. Yeah. If you have not done a lot with them or had homes that had real hardwood flooring or whatever, sometimes they all look the same. Yeah. And you might think that you've got something that can be refinished when in, in fact you 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 don't. So let's help you determine whether the floor that you've got is something that can be refinished or if it's something that you just need to leave alone. And the other question that we're going to try to address in this segment is what about all the people with wall-to-wall carpets? Mm-hmm. Is there some kind of diamond Can in the rough? Can that be refinished? <laughs> <laughs> can you refinish your carpet? Absolutely. With enough coating, you can build a really nice finish on that. No, we're talking about removing the carpet and discovering the immaculate beauty of pristine hardwood flooring underneath. Do you have that in your home? (sighs) Stay tuned. We'll find out. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about the floors that you can see. Can these be refinished? All right. Many different types of wood-look floors are out there. We've seen tons of them. We're not going to go over all of them because we do not have an unlimited amount of time. We're going to hit just a few of them, four of them. Let's talk about laminate floors right off the bat. Those are high-density fiberboard Uh, materials or pieces that are topped with a high-resolution photorealistic image layer. Yeah. And then on top of that, there's a transparent wear layer. These floors, laminate floors, cannot be refinished. All right? Won't, won't, won't. Sorry. That's what you've got? No. Luxury vinyl plank. That's another one. There's all kinds of different kinds of this stuff, but basically, just to give you a quick rundown, it's planks of vinyl. Right. It's not sheet goods. Like the name would imply. Right. It's planks. (laughs) And sometimes they're very, very thin. Sometimes they're a little thicker. They're set on a backer similar to the backer uh, in the laminate flooring that we just talked about. But either way, luxury vinyl planks, they cannot be refinished. Again. Exactly. Exactly. Engineered wood floors. Now, that's another option. Mm -hmm. And these are real wood floors. Right. But they kind of have a plywood look to them if you would look at cross sections. Right. It's not solid. Not solid. And that's not that's not bad. There's a lot of value or benefit that you get to having that, you right. know, stability and all of those things. But they can be refinished, but not indefinitely. That's that, the big thing to take away with that. That outer layer isn't thick enough to be sanded more Right. Than once. You've got a veneer on it. You can do that once or twice, depending on how thick it is, and then you're done. Yep. The fourth one that we want to talk about are solid wood floors just what it sounds like. They're a little bit thicker than the other ones that we talked about usually. Yep. And they're solid planks of wood. They can be refinished till the cows come home. Yes. When you're ready to be done refinishing them forever, they could still be refinished 12 more times at least. (laughs) All right. So if you moved into a new home and you see what you think is a hardwood floor, how do you know what you're dealing with and whether or not it can be refinished? You know, we just established what the different terms are. How do you figure out what you've got? Well, the first step would be to look for repeating patterns. Right, yeah. So since these uh, artificial wood floors, are they're actually printed. Right, on the, the, the luxury vinyl plank, the laminate yeah. flooring. So you'll see the pattern repeat itself. Now, it may be switched around, mirrored, flip-flopped, whatever, depending on how it was installed, but you can see these patterns show up. Yeah, they'll repeat over and over again. The boxes have gotten better and better. You know, initially there were maybe three or four or five different patterns that repeated. Now there's more and more, but they still repeat. You'll still pick it up. When I installed, um, I put luxury vinyl plank because 
my home luxury that's <laughs> right. the word that i use to describe it so i went with luxury vinyl plank in my bathroom and yeah i can see all the patterns because i installed them without thinking side by side oh. by side oh it was oh. brilliant Absolutely brilliant installation. <laughs> Noticed it three days after it was all done. So, yes, look for those repeating patterns. That's a sure tip-off that what you have cannot be refinished. All right, what does it feel like? This one's a little more... Well, subjective. Subjective. A little more touchy-feely is yes, where I was going to go. Right. But, yes, subjective is more professional. Real wood, whether it's solid or engineered, it feels like wood. Is there a better way to explain that, Dan? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, we were talking about it earlier. I think that that's the way it is. Yeah, it just has a feel to it, and laminates and vinyl feel very synthetic. If you get down and touch the floor, wrap on it with your knuckles, although that's kind of something we're going to get to in a little bit, just look at it, feel it. It's going to feel a little bit fake, a little bit synthetic, and if it feels that way, it's a laminate, it's a vinyl, and it can't be refinished. A lot of times the seams are very uniform and very tight yeah. on synthetic floors. Yeah, look for that. What does it feel and sound like when you walk on it? You know, this is another subjective one, but luxury vinyl planks, uh, plank floors, those they're semi-rigid, so they feel a little bit softer underfoot. Now, they don't feel soft underfoot. It's not like carpet, but there is... A little bit of cush there. A little bit, and it's got a little more of a muffled sound when you walk on it. Laminate floors, on the other hand, feel very hard and very smooth, but they also have a very distinctive sound when you walk on them with shoes. Yeah. And it's a sound that the industry, the laminate in wood industry, the floor industry, has tried to get away from and work around, and they've come up with some good solutions, but there's still a little bit of a weird echoey- Clattery kind Yeah, of. like I'm walking on plastic or something, because you are walking on <laughs> plastic. Right. Hardwood just has a different feel. So those, those are three different ways to check. Another way, a last way that we're going to focus on in this segment is to look at a cross-section. Now, usually the three methods that we talked about, if you've got luxury vinyl plank or laminate flooring, you're going to determine that with those three that we just went through, right. those three little tests. Uh, but if you've got engineered wood floor, none of those are going to help you. It's going to look, sound, all of that just like solid wood for the most part. You're really going to need to look at a cross-section in order to be 100% sure that what you've got is engineered or solid planks. And you can look at these cross-sections, you know, ideally, if you've got a floor vent or something like that. Right. That you can pull out and you can actually see the cross-section. If you see, like, plywood layers, that's an engineered wood floor. It can be refinished, but just not as often right. or as much as... A solid plank. Right. Solid planks are thicker yet. Right. About a three quarters of an inch. And like I said, the cross section on those is going to be completely solid. Yep. I don't even know that I said that. But I started with, no, like I said. you didn't say that, no. but you just said it now. I said it now. So if, if you're a real stickler for rules, <laughs> listen in reverse and it all works. All right. So that's how to determine what you've got and, and make sure or find out if that's something that can be refinished or not. The floors that you can see. Right. What about the floors that are hidden? under our carpet, the diamonds in the rough mm. waiting to be discovered. Is it possible that you've got hardwood floors underneath all that carpet? And how do you know? Well, a couple rules of thumb. First off, if you live in a pre-1950s home, the chances are that the floor underneath is hardwood flooring. Now, maybe not in the bathroom, in the kitchen. It probably right. was originally, but those tend to sometimes... Get replaced because of water damage. Yeah, good old water damage can cause problems there. But generally in the living room, dining room, bedrooms on the main floor for sure, you probably have hardwood flooring. Upper levels usually have pine plank flooring, a little bit cheaper option up there. 
I don't know if I yeah. should say usually, but quite often. Yeah. That's what's up there. That's 1950s, pre-1950s. 1950s to 60s, you're still likely to have hardwood flooring in the home, right. though probably not, or at least it's going to be more likely that it's not in the kitchen or the bathroom as they started to do more linoleum in those spaces right. as the years went on. But still, main living areas, upstairs, all of that will have hardwood flooring for the most part. 70s and 80s, well, now it's starting to get a little iffier. So that's kind of a rule of thumb, a quick overview but let's say you're looking at your floor, your carpet, and you're trying to figure out, well, what can you do? Well, the first test is like the, the gold standard test. But it's only for those who are getting rid of that carpet regardless. Committed. Yeah, they're, they're committed. committed to making a change. Go ahead and pull the carpet up. You don't have to wait for the installers to come and remove it. It's not a fun process, terribly. Not really. No, not at all. <laughs> but you can pull it up and get a really good look. Now, there's no yeah. going back, or at least going back is not easy. Right. So make sure that you're committed to the, the process moving forward. You can go back to carpet. Just not that carpet. No, no. Without getting a New real carpet. installer in there to put it back yeah, down. Right. Don't go nuts with that unless you're planning on place, replacing it. So that's the first easy way. Another way is to check out a floor vent, right? Yeah, and see what that, that cross-section looks like. Yeah, just pull up the floor vents. Normally, they're not going to be secured. Yeah, they're just laying in there loose. The carpet is not secured around the edges of that floor vent, so you can pull it out, and then you can lift up the carpet and the pad and get a look at what's underneath. Make sure you check out multiple floor vents. Don't just assume because you've got it in one little area that that means you've got hardwood floor everywhere because there's a possibility that you only have it in certain spots, certain areas right. of the home. Um, any other ways, Dan? Well, I guess there's other ways. It's just you could that get out a circular saw. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could. Again, that's being really committed. So yes. those are probably the best ways to go. <laughs> if you've got further questions, check out our show notes. We'll have some resources there or stop by a flooring specialist. Get their advice. They'll help you out. Right now, we got to take a break because we want to come back on the other side and talk about how to refinish those hardwood floors that you found or maybe that you've got. Maybe you've got one that's just in bad shape. You how do you need get to it refresh look- it. Yeah, how do you get it looking good again? We'll tell you everything you need to know on the other side. Stay tuned. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And we're talking about refinishing hardwood floors. And in this segment, our plan is to just march right through the process and what you need to do to get your hardwood floor looking great. And this is going to be for people who've maybe got an existing hardwood floor that already looks pretty good, but maybe they just need to, you know, give it a refresher. Yeah. And it could be to other people who've ripped up some carpet and they found... Who knows what underneath? Right. And maybe there's more work that needs to be done. Maybe you well, pulled up all that carpet. Well, there's got to be work to be done. Well, more than the other people is what <laughs> I'm yeah, getting yes, at. Yes. Maybe you pulled up that carpet and you realized why that carpet went down in the first place. Most likely that's true. Stains and all of that. You had that, Dan, Yeah, right? traffic patterns, stains, yeah. Now, some of that can be fixed yeah. or minimized. Yeah. Some of it might be just there. Now, that's not bad necessarily because that gives character and all of that to your hardwood floor, which is the beauty of having a hardwood floor. You know, we mentioned the the synthetic floors, the laminate flooring, luxury vinyl plank in the previous segment, and how those things have identical images that repeat over time. They're so uniform looking. Right. When you've got great big stains all over your floor, <laughs> that's unique. Did, did they know that that's not engineered. That's real wood, you can tell. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the steps to get either one of those floors 
along the way to looking great. And the first step is really to do that prep work, to do some sanding, to remove that old finish, to get the floors nice and, you know, give yourself something good to work with. And what's the best way to get that going? Well, we have this on-floor machine. We've talked about it many times, and we like it. It works really great, both for removing old finishes and sanding the bare wood once you do have the finish removed. Now, I know every time we mention it, we try to clarify and explain what it is, and I'm going to do it again because new people listen all the time. But usually when you hear us say, oh, we've got a floor sander or the on-floor machine that will help you get your floor looking great, a lot of us conjure images of like a big drum sander. Yeah, right. That really is like a stagecoach pulled by horses and you're behind <laughs> it trying to control it. Right. And it's really, really monumental. It's a huge struggle to make that look good. The on-floor machine is not like that at all. It's still a big machine like that, but it's got rotating, three rotating heads, and then the whole drum that those heads sit on rotates in the opposite direction. Right. So you get no scratches, no lines, even if you leave it sitting in an area. It's going it to be... Dra- it won't pull a hole down. Right. Wood. It's so easy to control. You can control it with one hand. It's yeah. got a vacuum attachment that we rent it out with, and you won't have dust in the air. It's just super, super it cool. It is the way to do it. Right. And you've got different... We've got different heads on it. It will sand, but it's also got some tools that remo- will remove an old finish. Yeah. And what's important about those is that they don't clog... A lot of times if you use even coarse sandpaper, it will clog right away with some of these old floor finishes. And so, yeah, the on-floor machine is the way to go. If you are in- interested in looking into that, you can get more information at repcolite.com. Just click the chat with us, little button on the right side of the homepage, and the guy who runs that chat, we have a real person for the most it's part. You would call You would call Peter a real person, right? I would right? definitely call Absolutely. Peter real. 100% real. And he's the one who handles all the scheduling for the on-floor machine on top of it all. So he can answer your questions and get you on the books if you want to use that machine to get your floor ready. Now, that machine won't get all the way to the edge. Right. So you have to use a hand, get on your hands and knees and use a good old-fashioned random orbit round sander. Yeah. So do that. You may need to do a little scraping in the corners with a paint scraper to remove finish from there. But really, the on-floor machine will get you off to a great start. So once you've got the floor prepped, you've got it sanded, you've got it looking great, then the next step would be staining it if you're choosing to go that route. Right. And one reason you might choose to stain it is if, like we talked about, there are stains on your floor, like a water stain where it turns black. Mm -hmm. Well, that's maybe a good reason to make the whole floor a darker color. Now, that's not necessarily going to completely hide it. No, it'll help but it mask will it. minimize, right, hide it a little bit. So applying the stain, what does that process look like? That's a hands and knees thing, too, generally. I mean, that's been my experience is that's what gets you the most control. And it, you use a cloth, and you wipe the stain on and wipe it off. Now, oil-based stains, water-based stains, there's a lot of different options out there. Yeah, my preference is always oil-based stain just because it has more open time. You can lap back over itself without uh, showing these lap marks. It's really funny. Oil-based products, they get such a bad rap. You know, our instant knee-jerk reaction is, oh, they dry slow, they do this, they're stinky, all of that. Well... The dry slow. This is what you want. Really helps you. Yeah. When you've got a product that dries quickly, like a water-based stain would be, and you're doing a huge flat area. Almost impossible. Yeah. Avoid that like the plague. Yeah. Or you're going to have something on the floor that looks like the plague. Right? (laughs) So that would be staining. You don't need to stain it. You could just go to clear coats. Yep. 
But if you do opt for stain, we recommend an oil-based, and we recommend Repcolite's Penetrating Interior Stain. That's right. So just swing out to any store. They'll help you work up a color and get you going. Now, once you've put that stain on, how long do you need to let that dry before you top coat and start that process? You should wait about 24 hours or overnight, you know. All right. It'll be dry because it soaks into the wood, and that helps speed the dry. All right. So the penetrating stain, you wipe it on. And just let it go? Oh, yeah, there you go. Wipe Don't it off. Don't have wipe to it wipe off. it off. Oh, well, a little bit of wiping off. Yep. Not too much. Let it dry. Control the color. Let it dry about 24 hours overnight, and then it's time for the finish. We'd recommend two coats of finish at the absolute minimum. That's right. Three to four is recommended. Right. Now, you could go with solvent-based, you know, oil-based polyurethanes or varnishes, and you could go with a water-based product. Pros and cons, Dan. Uh, well, so the oil-based products are higher in solids, so you don't have to apply as many coats. Basically, two coats of the oil-based product is equal to three coats of a typical water-based product. So how would you feel about durability of the water-based coating with three coats to an oil-based with two coats? Very similar. Very similar. similar. So you're not taking a hit there. What about application characteristics? There again, we're talking about dry time. The oil-based product takes longer to dry. That gives you more time to work with it. You have fewer brush marks, lap marks, that kind of thing. Water-based products, especially on the wrong day, can dry very quickly, and you'll see a lot of brush marks. Yeah, color-wise and all of that, the oil-based... Oil-based tends to accentuate the grain more. Uh, Water-based clear finishes tend to have a kind of a fake look, a little bluish cast. They they don't really accentuate the the figure of the wood, as we call it. Now, they will work really well. You know, oh, they sure. will give They'll you good up. durability, and you can put them on quickly and easily and all of those things quickly let's say and yeah. normally easily and it's not going to be smell right there are advantages all of that is really good the oil based though like you said again the open time it stays wet longer and that really works in your favor in fact i think an oil-based polyurethane is probably one of the easiest products that yeah. we sell to work with and get good results almost every time right so the process of applying that varnish how would you go about that well, so generally all you need is a couple things, a little brush for the edges to go around the edges with, and then a lamb's wool applicator for the middle of the floor. And we've got those at all of our locations, yep. and you would use that lamb's wool whether you're applying the water-based poly or the oil-based poly. That's correct. And you like that better than pad applicators? Pad applicators or... have little fuzzies that come off. They don't hold very much product. You squish them and the bubbles come out. The, the lamb's wool is the, really the best that I've found. Is that something you put on a, an extension yeah, pole yeah, and you work your way around the room? standing up. Yep. Yeah. So all of that, we can help you with all of that process. Any questions you've got, just swing out to any Repcolite store, and we'll help you get those wood floors that you've got looking great again. All right, that's all the time we've got on this whole show. So we're going to wrap it up. If you have any questions or want to dig deeper into anything that we talked about, you can just head to repcolite.com and use that chat function right on the homepage. And while you're there, make sure you check out this episode, episode 317, or any of our past episodes. You can find them all right there. And better yet, you can subscribe to the podcast and you'll never, ever miss another episode. Now, whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite stores are all open, waiting to help. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Dan Altina. Thanks for listening. 